And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Oh, yummy. Uh, you, oh. You, you look smarter already with that heart. Wow. Go. Chug. 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 Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, yes. Put it down, Austin. Slam it. Break the cup. <laughs> that is good. <laughs> Good evening, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, May 20th. I'm J.E. Skeets rolling tonight with the homie, Tass Mellis. Wish I could have said the same thing about that basketball game we just watched. That is good. <laughs> Couldn't say that, unfortunately. No, left a sour taste in our mouths. We got my top shot hot boy, the hustle to my show, Trey Kirby. Ayo! Ayo! The international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Lee Lee. And last but not least, making the magic happen is JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. We're a little worried. Apparently, Kwame Brown just went live on some of his social media channels, so we got some competition here tonight on a late Thursday night. But smash that like button, leave your comments. And if you haven't already subscribed to No Dunks on YouTube, email us your questions and comments for the next Beach Step and Podcast. Get them in nodunksattheathletic.com and uh, grab yourself some sweet No Dunks merch like TK was showing off there. The Top Shot Hot Boys t-shirt. Ooh, low cereals only. Classics are the new cosmics over at nodunks.com. Yeah, you're right, Tass. That was a stinker, which is why we're... uh, I don't know, starting this up a little earlier than we were planning on. We were going to wait till the end of the uh, Pacers-Wizards game, but what's the point? I mean, the Wizards were up, what, 30 at the end of the third 31 quarter? 31 right now, yeah. Yeah, we probably could have started at halftime if we're being yeah. honest, but uh, you always got to give it a go there in the third quarter, and uh, <laughs> the Wizards are moving on. So this is our Eastern Conference uh, playoff preview and predictions podcast. These are always fun. We break down the series. We ultimately slap our predictions on at the end. X team in so many games. That's what everybody wants to know. Who are you taking? How many games? So we'll get to that. Eastern Conference tonight, tomorrow night, Friday night, after which hopefully is a more enjoyable uh, final play-in game there between uh, the Grizzlies and Warriors. We'll do the same thing. We'll do it for the Western Conference. So yeah, not a whole lot to add here, you know, about this game, Tass. I mean, what was the what was the biggest takeaway from this? The Wizards had a million points in the first half in the paint. We had the Czar and uh, my, uh, uh, Marv Elbert on the call. That was fun. And, uh, I mean, what else? It was, like, it was a blow. They hammered them. They kicked their ass. All the guys that played poorly for the Wizards in the first playing game sort of showed up tonight. Well, I guess that's the thing about a playing game. Anything can happen, right? Mm-hmm. Is that a draw for a fan to, to think that? Like, because anything can happen and that's what happened in this game it was a freaking monstrous blowout where the wizards 
Yeah, they're shooting 62% right now. So you can get super duper hot in one game. And I guess that's what people tuned in for, that massive audience to see Steph Curry get hot uh, against the Lakers. But they did a good job against Steph. And in this game, yeah, if the Wizards are going to shoot that hot, uh, then they were going to be very difficult to beat. I think the only teeny, teeny, tiny, teeny, stupid little takeaway we can take from this game is that maybe we should all apologize to Wizards head coach Scotty Brooks. He started Alex Len again at the center <laughs> spot, yep. and Alex Len held his own to start against the Matos. I guess we all expected Sabonis to go off, and Alex Len. He was a plus minus zero in his first five minutes of playing. <laughs> hey, that's and that, that's yeah, and they worked that was minutes worked out perfectly. Brooke Lopez came on, hooking the Pacers to death with a plus seven in that first half. Daniel Gafford had five frickin' blocks. So the three center rotation for Scotty Brooks actually worked out really well. But it's yeah, it's just one of those games where yeah, if you're gonna hit that many shots, if the Pacers are gonna be lousy, then yeah, it's over. Yeah, there's not a lot of Pacers defense, especially when it comes to playing the Wizards Lee. We've seen a lot of high scoring affairs this season between these two teams. They just like there's just not a lot of defensive like backbone to them, especially without Miles Turner. I mean, that of course hurts, but Jesus, that was that was a lot of points in the paint there. Yeah, how bad do the Hornets look getting absolutely <laughs> hammered by this Pacers team, allowing them to put up 144 points the other night? Yeah. That, uh, that that to me tells me then the Wizards are about an 80-point team better than the Hornets right now, which we just know is not true. So, <laughs> right, uh, right. Makes sense yeah. math-wise, though. Listen, last night we had just an incredible game. The, the playing tournament is here for keeps after last night's game, right. but after tonight's game, it's like, okay, we need to tweak it somehow. Uh, but no, look, I mean, this is this is what can happen but I honestly did not expect uh, the Pacers to just be hammered like this against a team that's an okay team at best uh, in the Washington Wizards but it's happened yeah I guess I guess one thing looking at it now 39 baskets in the paint right now the game's not even over for the Wizards that's a lot yeah, uh, that's, a lot. yeah that's, that's a lot. 78 <laughs> points in the paint. And that's something we did talk about. The Pacers are a sieve in the middle yeah. defensively. does not line up really well with two guys that drive in Westbrook and Beal. They had 96 in a previous matchup, and now they're approaching that midway through the fourth quarter now. That's, uh, that's not good defense. But, yeah, the Hornets couldn't, couldn't come close to matching that. Yeah, we have impeccable timing here, though, don't we, Trey? I mean, the one morning, the one morning. We decide to like, all right, well, let's do a night show because it makes more sense with uh, knowing the actual playoff matchups. Let's push it back. It's the morning after, of course, uh, the greatest play-in game we've ever seen. Uh, but an awesome game between the, between the Lakers and Warriors. And we're not going to go for 10 or 15 minutes on it, but it was very entertaining. And uh, I'm sure, you know, the sickos that we are, even though we didn't have a show this morning, of course we're all watching. We're NBA fans. That was, that was awesome. Oh, no doubt about it. I was showing the girls the highlights this morning, showing um, the greatest shot we've ever seen in a play-in game thus far. I mean, it's at least a top fiver for me, but uh, (laughs) yeah, you know, you win some, you lose some. If you're going to get the most classic game of the past five years, I always think it's a smart idea to not talk about it. But if you've got a 30-point blowout, hop on as soon as you can to get into it, right? You want to catch the people at their most off-guard. When they're not expecting you, that's when you show up. Yeah, Nobody else is doing a show right now, Trey. That's right. That's right. That's true. And uh, here, if you are Except for Kwame Brown, I guess. Yeah, Kwame's Kwame's (laughs) Yeah, exactly. See, he's blowing up. We got to follow his lead here. Yeah. Um, If you're on the stream team, again, shout out to everybody joining us live on YouTube right now. Uh, This won't work for the audio listener, but this basically does sum up tonight's 
Wizards Pacers game. This photo that you saw mm. going around, uh, it's uh, you know, Beal <laughs> hanging off the rim doing chit ups. There's your boy Alex Len uh, all pumped, and then Russ going nuts. I mean, yeah, that's a unbelievable photo. So was the photo last yeah. night going around, of course, of LeBron hitting the three after getting poked in the eye over Curry. But uh, that sums up uh, the Wizards moving on here into the actual playoffs. And Look, we're going to get into this series now. Let's just jump to the 1-8 matchup. It tips Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern. It's on TNT. Now, I know some people are going to go, whoa, I thought you guys thought this might be an NBA TV game. Guys, guys, the first weekend, everybody gets a little national love, right? It's uh, TNT, it's ESPN, it's ABC. We find out when we get into the actual week who will be the TNT series. This could be one of them, I I think, with the Sixers-Wizards. You know, we're still waiting to see what the uh, Hawks-Knicks get there, uh, being in the big market there of New York. But anyway, Philly swept the regular season series 3-0 against the Wizards. Um, You know, so take that with a grain of salt, if you will. I'll say these for all of them, but some of them I'll point out, you know, so-and-so didn't play, so-and-so didn't play. But before we get to the keys to the series, it is pretty wild that the Wizards guys were 17-32 and on April 5th. Gary Trent Jr. tests, uh, you know, we talked about it, of course, probably on two shows that morning, the next morning. He hit the buzzer beater, remember, to, to beat the Wizards. Crazy mm. play came down. Raptors get a, you know, a rare victory, it felt like. They were down like 19 points. And the Wizards, again, 17 and 32. It's like, ugh, this is bad. Uh, you know, there, I know there's a lot of teams still like bunched up there, but this is not looking good for them. And of course, they finished 34 and 38. That's a hell of a run there in the second half. And are actually into the playoffs winning these two games. To get, winning the one they, to get in, obviously being the eighth seed, reminiscent a little bit of like the sixteen seventeen Heat, who are eleven and thirty at like the at the halfway mark, and then went thirty and eleven. But I looked it up. TK, you might remember they finished ninth in the East. The Heat mm. did that year, so they didn't even make the playoffs. There was no plan, and they needed had a, a tournament. They lo- mm. they lost the tiebreaker to your Chicago Bulls, who were the eighth seed that year. Oh, what a classic year that was. What year did you say this was? 1617. 1617, uh, yeah. yeah. I think that was uh, the three alphas year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Wade, Rondo, and Jimmy Butler. <laughs> what a year. Almost <laughs> almost pulled off the upset. They were They're almost up 2-0. They're up 2-0. That's right. That's right. That's so, right. But uh, anyway, it is to uh, you know give a little bit more love to Scotty Brooks and, and to Russ and to Beal and this Wizards team for, for fighting here and uh, are actually in the playoffs. And they're taking on the Sixers. So, Lee, why don't you get us uh, started here? What is like the key to this series or something you got your eye on? Well, prior to the game, it was announced that the three candidates for MVP this season were Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, and Steph Curry. And I really want to see Joel Embiid put an MVP-type stamp on this series. Because in the three games against the Wizards this season, he did do that. In only 30 minutes a game, he averaged 30 points, only 10 rebounds, but he shot 60% from the field and 96% from the free-throw line and got to the free-throw line 10 times. Now, you mentioned a couple of those players who were on those teams aren't there anymore, but... Uh, you know, if you look at Alex Len and Robin Lopez, you know, big guys, but you want to see Embiid play the way he has played this season, where I think he's been so much better under Doc Rivers by understanding he can be a bully down low, Shaq-like down low, by just throwing guys out of the way, getting to the free throw line, and really just putting his stamp on a game. And this is a great opportunity because last season in, in Orlando, they got swept by the uh, Boston Celtics in the first round. Now, his numbers were okay in that series, but I felt too often... He settled at times, and I think that's the thing. He can still put up those numbers, and it's like, well, that looks like he had a good series, but I don't think he had a great series. Now, Ben Simmons didn't play as well, so he was sort of, you know, the Celtics kind of ganged up a little bit there on Embiid. 
But this is what you want to see from a super elite player is he's the best player out on the court and you want to see him really just go, Alex Lan and, uh, and uh, Robin Lopez can't stop me. So I'm just going to go and get those guys in foul trouble early, get to the free throw line, hit my mid-rangers and dominate on the defensive end as well. And uh, this is what you want to see from him. So I think he really can... Uh, just make it impossible here for the uh, for the Wizards. You know as well, they like to drive inside. They'll probably try to get him in foul trouble through uh, their guys getting inside. But if he can be smart and defend well and stay on the court, uh, I, I think this is his series to sort of show, listen, I'm, I'm, I am an MVP candidate for a reason. We've seen it throughout the season. Now we want to see it in the playoffs. What's the over-under on how many free throw attempts Embiid will have average per game in this series? Like, what would you say to that? Because I'm with you, Lee. I mean, he should... These are big guys on the Wizards, but he yeah. should he should bully them and, and just live at the line. I mean, half the time they're just going to have to wrap them up, I think, to uh, prevent yeah. layups and dunks and stuff like that. He, I mean, it's got... Ten and a half, Double probably. digits, yeah. Sure, yeah. I was going to say around 11, so that makes sense to me. He, he should live there. What do you got, TK? Yeah, the Wizards are a big-time fouling team. And let's see, Embiid, 10.7 for the year. Oh, then yeah. let's go higher, yeah. then. I don't know, man. Tass was talking about Alex Len putting up that big... Plus zero. <laughs> if he's able to keep throwing those plus zeros up, not get beat. Hold those on, is it a minutes? negative zero too? Uh, it depends on how you look at it, my man. <laughs> is the box true. score half full or half empty? You tell me. Uh, I was thinking about this. How could the Wizards possibly win this series? Bradley Beal needs to score 60 points per game. Cool. He did wow. it once this season against the Sixers, and they almost won. They almost pulled it off. 141 to 135. Scored 60 points, and they lost. That doesn't happen very often. But if he can do that four times, I think the Wizards can pull out one win. It's obviously not going to happen. But they need him or Westbrook to play at an insane level here because that's the only possible chance they have, right? Ben Simmons can guard one guy at a time. He can guard Westbrook or he can guard Beal. I would imagine they'd probably go with Westbrook just because, you know, the size will certainly bother Westbrook a little bit. But... That gives Beal some sort of an opportunity. If he's able to take advantage, if he's able to be on fire, completely unconscious for seven games here, maybe, maybe, maybe the Wizards can pull off a win. Uh, But, I mean, I'm asking for a guy to average 60 a game for a playoff series against one of the top five defenses in the league. It's going to take a lot. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, and then there's like, yeah, you're right. Simmons will be on one of those guys' tasks, but you do have Matisse Thibel, who's like going to be getting some uh, all-defensive consideration, maybe second-team stuff like that already early in his career, who you could put on the other guy and at least try and slow down. Yeah, like, can you you talk yourself into the Wizards making this a series at all tasks? And if so, how does it happen? What needs to happen? No, I don't think you can. I think the the Sixers are a number one seed that is – purely overlooked it's it's a little like the bucks last season where hmm. we're kind of waiting for mb to to blast through and make a conference finals and, and and see what he can do with the sixers team it's 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 uh hey show it to us in the playoffs type of vibe with the sixers but they are a very 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 good team the the fact that they can start ben simmons and danny green uh, on bradley beal and russell westbrook and sprinkle a matisse Tybel uh in there it just it's just such a bad matchup for the Sixers. The Sixers' strength is they're just so good on the perimeter defensively, matching up with the Wizards and how good they are with their best two players, and they don't really have a third guy. It's just a bad matchup. And then the Sixers are very good defensively everywhere else. Uh, I think the biggest story in this series will probably be 
the facial expressions of Joel Embiid when he scores on Robin, Robin Lopez. <laughs> you know, the playfulness of Joel Embiid when he does it to Alex Len. I, I think I think it is important for him to establish uh, him, you know, being physical with the refs from the get-go because refs do swallow the whistle a little bit in the postseason. I think that will happen. I don't think it's just a it's just a new league entirely where yeah we have this freedom of movement thing, but I think it will happen in the postseason like it has happened in 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 playoffs past where the numbers will tick down a little bit for Embiid. So I think it is important for him to get physical even from the get-go, even with these really big dudes who who. You know, Alex Len, we can make fun of, but I think he'll he'll throw that body at him, and so will Lopez. And uh, I I think just to just establish it from the get go, and hopefully it rolls into round number two and round number three if it goes that far. Uh, but uh, he's got favorable matchups in these first two series. Our man John Hollinger pointed out if he gets to the second round against you know whether it's uh, Nerlens Noel of the Knicks or Clint Capella of the Hawks. You know Clint's a, a very good defender, but uh, it's a pretty it's a good landscape for the Sixers to get to the the conference yeah. finals. And I think that's that's basically the end of it. It's 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 a tough tough road for the Wizards uh, with with the way the Sixers play defense. We just forget how good the Sixers are. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think that's just the thing. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. Like get, In getting ready for this show tonight, I was like, Sixers are the number one seed in the East. They're 49 wins, okay, nearly 50 wins in, in a shortened season. And I'm like, I felt like, Lee, we hadn't talked about the Sixers in like, I don't know, weeks to me, like in great detail. I know we were talking about a lot of them at the beginning of the season. You know, Embiid, of course, an MVP candidate. We know what Simmons can do. We talk up Thibel. Tobias Harris had that stretch there, and there was the debate whether or not he should be an all-star. We always do that. But then it like felt like after the all-star break, we almost rarely talked about him in a good way. Uh, because for the most part, you know, locking up the number one seed, I know Embiid was out, Simmons was out. It was just like they sort of went about business just enough. Um, I guess that sort of happened maybe a little bit with the Jazz, too. You get off to, like, those hot starts, get those number one seeds, and you just hold on to them, and then there's some injuries in play, but everyone's like, you sort of are forgotten about a little bit. And I do think the Sixers are a little bit forgotten about, but, you know, you got a crazy Wizards team coming in here. I'm not saying they're going to pull off the upset here, but they got nothing to lose, as we've seen. They've basically been playing like that for the last month, and you got two superstar players I mean, it's not your typical eight seed. Let's be honest; no. it's not because you got Beal and you do have the you know Russ. So uh, let's get to the predictions because we all are leaning towards the Sixers. But does anyone think this goes longer than five? Is it a sweep? What What do you have, Lee? Uh, yeah, I've got it as five. I'm going to give the Wizards one here because I I can see a Westbrook 47 point game in Game Four or something like that. Just the, the gentleman sweep. I think that's what we're going to get. Uh, and Westbrook and Embiid have a history too. They like to get into it uh, on social media and on the court. So I think that's going to be enough for Westbrook to at least get one. But I just really don't think that they can extend it any longer than that. They're sort of playing with house money anyway right now because of where the season was a month ago. So it's been uh, a success in that regard. Whether or not it keeps going. Uh, Scotty Brooks employed. We'll find out in, in a week or two's time. But uh, really, the Sixers, you mentioned as well, towards the end of the season, there, they won 10 of their last 12 games, but it was a fairly soft schedule as mm-hmm. well. So maybe that was why. But still, they had to do that to lock up the number one seed. And I think that is huge for them because, as you guys mentioned, they won't meet now the Nets or the Bucks until the conference finals. And I think that's key. They've got to get past the Wizards, give them five games there. They should get past the Knicks or the Hawks in five or six as well. Doesn't really matter who. So they should get to the conference finals fresh, feeling good, having a lot of wins. 
And of course, they'll be hoping for the Nets and the Bucks to really uh, beat each other up for seven games. So for Philadelphia, just take care of business right now. Do what you did in the last month or so of the season there. Win these games without drama, without making it unnecessarily close. Just take care of business like a professional team. And I, and I think they will. So I say Wizards, uh, Wizards. <laughs> I say uh, Sixers in five. I'll give them a game. Okay. And just to clarify, because I see some people in the stream team, you said gentlemen sweep. Do you think, Lee? And now, yes. to, I want to make sure I have this right, because it's been a right. while. It's been a whole year since we've been talking <laughs> series here. A gentleman's sweep is when you win the first three games, and then, like a good gentleman, you give the fourth game to the opponent who is down 3 You say, here you go, uh, fine sir, and doff your cap, your top hat that you're wearing, and then you just win the fifth game. So that's the gentleman's sweep. Now, the douchebag sweep, oh, Lee is frantically searching for his top hat. Yeah, Everything he's had on his show. Okay, Lee, you can't find it. I can't believe it's not here. I saw it in the bedroom. Yeah, oh, boy, you had it in the bedroom. Interesting. Roxy, watch me pull a rabbit out of this hat here. Oh, whoops, that's my penis. Sorry, Roxy. Lucky this is late. Uh, and the douchebag sweep is basically the opposite. And yes. that is when you give, lose the first game. You know, the Raptors uh, have done this before. Lose the first game and then sweep from there on out. So that's just so everybody knows. Gentleman sweep, douchebag sweep, they are two separate things. So Lee's going with the gentleman sweep. Tass, let's go to you next. Prediction for this Sixers-Wizards series. I think the Sixers win in four games, and the MVP of the series is going to be Ben Simmons. I think Benny Boy hmm. will have lane after lane after lane to go through because two reasons. They're going to be paying attention to Joel Embiid, and also because Westbrook and Beal are going to be gassed from number one from the other end uh, and from just having to do so much. And Ben's going to move off the ball and, and do what he's done all season. I think Ben will have a, a real big series Sixers and four. Whoa, bringing out the brooms early in this late night show. TK, you go in Sixers in four, five, six, or seven, or come on, baby. Oh, you set me up for the super swerve? Oh, man, well, you were talking up the <laughs> 16, early? 17 Bulls, uh, being uh, two games up on the number one seed of what, Celtics in that series? Uh, mm -hmm. You know, Just come imagine on. if Why Rondo stays healthy, man. Yeah, exactly. Where well, are you going? Who, who's the Rondo of the Wizards right now? Ish Smith. <laughs> yeah. 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 Probably Ish Smith, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, okay, you're talking me into it. Between that and the big plus zero. <laughs> the Ish and the big, <laughs> the big plus zero. That's a great nickname for Alex Led. All right. Uh, official prediction. Give me the Sixers in five. Mm. Uh, I think they're going to win this series pretty easily. But I can see some extracurriculars going down between Westbrook and Embiid. And honestly, Alex Len is a feisty guy as well. He likes to mix it up. So I can see him picking up an early technical on Embiid. Maybe Westbrook then picks up the second technical on Embiid somehow a little bit later. Then there's a pathway there to the game being a little bit more even. And then, yeah, you're looking at a team that has two superstars in Westbrook and Beal. Maybe they get lucky with uh, <laughs> the whistle going their way. For once, but uh, yeah, I think the Sixers win this one pretty easily because Embiid's going to dominate. Um, with Tass and Trey on this, I'm also going uh, Sixers. Sorry, I'm with Lee and Trey on this one. I'm going Sixers in five as well, just for the record there. Um, yeah, come on, aren't we going to get a game where Bertans can actually hit some three-point shots <laughs> sure. and like you know pour in seven and eight, pair it with a good Beal game, and maybe they pull out one? But otherwise, this will be a pretty dominant, and I think at times pretty boring if you want to call it that uh series in the sense that i think we could see some blowouts 
in this one. Just, I just get, you just get that vibe. I mean, it's a one-eight matchup, so why would you be surprised by that? But I'll go Sixers in five. Task taking Sixers in four, pulling out the brooms. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty-four-seven U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Let's get to the 4-5 matchup. This one is, uh, in theory, uh, going to be a lot more entertaining probably than the 1-8 matchup. Gets underway, Knicks Hawks, kaka, Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern on TNT, live from Madison Square Garden, the best place you could ever go to watch a basketball game, the Mecca. Uh, the Knicks swept the season series, though uh, a couple of those games, you know, Nate McMillan wasn't even the coach, so they were earlier in the year. But keys to the series before we get to our predictions for Knicks Hawks. Trey, get us started on this one. Well, I think Julius Randle has an opportunity and a strong chance at being the best player in this series. He was incredible against the Hawks uh, during the year. In three games, he was over 30 points per game. He had two 40-point games. He had a game-winning tip uh, as well. Uh, clearly, I'm tap dancing right now as I'm trying to pull up these splits here. I, you know, you mess around with your tabs so much Ooh. during a show. It just throws you off. But like I was saying, Julius Randle, 37 points per game, 12 rebounds, 6 assists. He had the game-winning tip as well. He dominated the Hawks this season. There's no doubt about it. They just don't have a great matchup for him. Though we'll talk about some things they're going to do a mm-hmm. little bit later on, I'm sure. But I do think Randall's going to produce, at the very least. The question will be, where do the Knicks then get all of their other points? Uh, they've had some great shooting this season. they got five guys shooting better than 40%. I think Derrick Rose has a chance to have a really good series here. But Skeets, I was listening to your podcast with uh, LG Doucette on the first Mint. You were talking about guys who have... Tyler Hero potential, mm-hmm. somebody to explode in the playoffs who also has a cool factor. Let me offer you RJ Barrett. My pick for this mm. season's Tyler Hero. 40% mm. from three during the season, hit some big shots late. He was at 47 from the three point line for the last two months of the season. He really heated up. The shot seems real, and I don't know, he seems like a bit of a cool customer after getting called out by Anthony Edwards. Give me R.J. Barrett to be the secondary star for the Knicks in this series because they've got to figure out a way to get to basically 100 points. The defense is going to show up. Randall is likely going to show up. Where do the other points come from? Let's see R.J. Barrett show up. Oh, I like to that. To be cool and to be another amazing Canadian here early yeah. in the playoffs. The guy, along with Dylan Brooks, along with O'Shea Brissett, Roland, and Andrew Wiggins. Oh, I forgot about Andrew Wiggins because we didn't do his show. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I, I, R.J. Barrett's a good Yeah, especially the Hawks give up three balls pretty, pretty easily. And R.J. Barrett, yeah, he's been stroking it real well. And even if the defense gets tighter, uh, he makes – threes with hands in his face so that's 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 an interesting one am i gonna change my pick now oh no. i know man i've been going back and <laughs> forth on this one I I save it save it save it i will add to uh your randall stats there versus the hawks this year 
Trey, in the sweep for New York. Um, 58-50-82 shooting splits, too. I mean, Randall wasn't missing against this team. Though, my key, my X factor, I guess, is it is going to be a little different. I don't know if he's going to be putting up those numbers because DeAndre Hunter is back for the Hawks, right? He came back late in the season from the uh, partially torn meniscus there. And he got, like, what, three games, I believe, sort of under his belt. I know he played 25 minutes in uh, a pointless game versus the Rockets at the end. But he is by far the best Hawks one-on-one defender. Gives up a little size to a guy like Randall, but I think is, uh, is the matchup they'll try and go with. Because then it allows you to, for a good chunk of the game at least, not have Collins on him. Because that ain't going to work. And... It allows Capella to stay closer to the rim for guys like Rose and you know, the guards that are maybe attacking. So I like the idea of DeAndre Hunter trying to slow Randall. I'm excited to see that matchup. Hunter, pre-injury, was like getting a lot of buzz as being like maybe the Hawks' best player when you're considering both sides of the ball. I know Trey's the guy that's putting up the 30 and 10s, but he, he gives a lot of it back on the other end. Hunter was obviously contributing offensively, and he's by far their best defender uh, on the perimeter there, sort of wing position. So I think he's going to get a lot of the minutes on Randall. I think in some situations, Capella will match up on him too, but that to me, you know, will be, uh, will, might decide it. I don't know. I, I mean, maybe then they sort of cancel each other out and it trickles down, but I just can't wait to see if Hunter uh, is for real, Lily, in trying to slow Julius Randall down. I mean, he can't be going for what Trey said, you know, the 30 8, 12, and 7 line uh, in, mm-hmm. in this series. Well, otherwise, I think the Knicks win uh, quite handily. But I think he and Capella there as a tandem will do probably a better job and maybe in some games at least be able to contain them. These teams are very, very evenly matched across the board. They had exactly the same record wins and loss throughout the season, and they had the exact same home and road record. So, And if you go back to their last game that they played in New York, the Hawks were leading by 8 to 10 yep. points when Trey Young went down and didn't return for that game, and then the Knicks came back and won it in overtime. So uh, other than that, I mean, the Knicks swept the series, and they would have won it 2-1 anyway, but uh, it just showed that the, the, they were so even, these teams, that like you can really make a strong case for both teams. I think uh, I think the Knicks have the best player for this season in the series, in Julius Randle. He, he has been outstanding. But Trey Young, I think, picked it up after the All-Star game as well. Maybe he was uh, feeling a little snub somewhat, and so he uh, you know, responded with that. But I think, obviously, Nate McMillan was the biggest change to turning the uh, Hawks season around. Now, Nate's teams tend to make the playoffs, and that's it. Uh, they don't do much more than that. Will that be different this season? Uh, it's hard to say. It's really, it's really hard to say. How much was that just the new coach bump versus, you know, he really got more out of these guys? Because they were missing Hunter for a lot. They missed Cam Reddish as well for a lot. Gallinari, he can shoot, you know, but he does give back a little bit too on the other end. So this one, this is a very, very tight series. Um, I, I think it's going to be a fun series, though. I think we're actually going to get some pretty close games uh, that come down to the wire, and it's really just going to be who executes down the stretch better. I think you have to give the uh, the, the Knicks defense under Thibodeau so much credit this season, and um, that could be where it ultimately is decided on the defensive end. So... I'm excited for this series. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be great. I'm down to the Fortress. I'm going down for at least one game anyway. Oh, I was uh, looking up uh, ticket prices there uh, earlier today. Yeah, not cheap. Not cheap at not all. Cheap. No, I mean, no, uh, no, I was no. like, There's Whoa, a Sunday. I think on, we've got a Sunday. What's going on? I think we've got a Sunday 1 o'clock tip-off for game four, though. There is. So, uh, yeah, hopefully it's at least 2-1 at that series. It doesn't matter who it's to. Just, I hope it's a 2-1 series, not a 3-0 series. Okay. So, right. Unless it's the Hawks up 3-0. It will be nice to see them close, close out. Out. So, hold on. You were <laughs> yeah. actually looking up to buy tickets? You haven't sent a couple of emails to the Atlanta <laughs> Hawks organization? <laughs> Uh, look, even I feel a little bit. Oh, awful, you know? <laughs> oh yeah, that's where he draws the line. Uh, but um, 
Yeah, honestly, though, I'm actually excited because both teams have been really fun to watch. Again, the Hawks, certainly since McMillan came over. And uh, and the Knicks this year, I mean, RJ Barrett, uh, Tass mentioned him there. He has been so much fun to watch. Derek Rose has been great. Uh, Emmanuel Quickly has also been super fun to watch. So, uh, you know, I think this is, uh, is going to be a really good series. Well, it's awesome, Tass, because both of these teams haven't been in the playoffs for a long time. So you got that, and they're going head-to-head, and one of them's going to move on in the second round. That's huge, especially if you said at the start of the season that would be the case. I think both fan bases and organizations would take that automatically, like, what? Yeah, sign us up. And then you do have some, like, crazy fan bases, too. I know, you know, of course Knicks fans of, are, are they're, they're, a, <laughs> they're a beast, right? I mean, they are eh, rightfully fired up for this, this team, the way they play and how they play and being in there and having some fans in Madison Square Garden. But there are, like, these diehard Hawks fans here. Maybe it's because we're in Atlanta. Like, they're already going back and forth at each other on Twitter. It's great. And I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. So, I, Who are we I'm getting? Just, Who are we getting? Are we getting a Larry Luke? Oh, man. V, uh, v who? Well, v Ben I mean, Lyons? We were, we were taking uh, some shots as well. Because <laughs> are you talking Larry versus Lyons? We were taking some oh, shots wow. because we were pointing out, like, hey, maybe the Hawks don't want to open up the arena. Because uh, guess what? It's going to be full of Knicks fans. Uh, mm. Because we've seen it firsthand. There's a, with, with those fan bases, awesome. at least, there's a lot of people uh, that are they're just transplants or make the way down here or whatever and fill the arena and are cheering for the opposite the team not the hawks anyway so people were like that's oh, why lee's not you. hitting up his sources because he's planning on wearing his Knicks yeah jersey that's down true <laughs> that's true it's john starks that's a good yeah. point but anyway um yeah. Tess, what's your what's your key to the actual series here we're fired up for it as you can tell but uh what's your key well i saw also that the knicks uh via mark stein have sold their first two games at fifteen thousand seats per game uh so msg will be rocking oh, yeah. Uh, that's that's a, such a high number. Came out of nowhere. NYC opened it up like crazy. So uh, the Knicks defense will be pumped up and ready to play against the very talented Hawks team, who is a more talented team than the New York hmm. Knicks. Uh, I think they they have more offensive weapons, e- even though they have the same record. Uh, the Knicks defense has just been steady all year. So can the Hawks pick up their defense a little bit? Is, is that something that kind of gets turned up in, in in the postseason while the Knicks, you know, advantage that they've had all year kind of gets negated a little bit. like it, Because the offensive ability of the Hawks could win out if that happens, if they can turn it up a little bit. And it starts with the guards uh, for, for the Hawks. And not only Trey Young, but Bogdan Bogdanovich uh, has been so freaking good uh, the last uh, couple months under Nate McMillan. They're just running so many things for him. He's coming off the ball. It's just a hard duo to, to stop. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I wonder who guards them. I, 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 there's, you know, we've thrown out a bunch of names. Um, Alfred Payton starts for this team. And then are we going to get even a Frank Nielakina out there as a defensive stopper? And Derek Rose is going to finish games because he is clearly their number two offensive player behind Julius Randle. They need him out there. And, and even though they've got a bunch of other weapons who can hit threes and Derek Rose hurt his ankle recently. So uh, I, I think there, there is uh, some holes there for the Hawks uh, to, to jump through. They have so many freaking offensive weapons mm-hmm. that they can light it up. And that I think the, there, there isn't really a good game that shows you know, what these two teams are facing off like from their season series, I mean, as we've talked about. But that third game where the Hawks would have won with Trey Young uh, if he did finish that game, 
I think that's the best example. I, th- I think if the Hawks can pick up the in- intensity, they can they can sort of balance out what the, the Knicks have done all season. And uh, yeah, they just they just got to keep that guard play up. And I wonder if the Knicks can stop those dudes. Yeah. They're just freaking on fire. The Knicks usually close with Randall, Barrett, Rose, like you said, Nerlens Noel as their big, and then Reggie Bullock uh, is like their other guard. So I assume he's mm. going to get the, uh, the responsibility of like sticking to a Trey Young, sticking to a Bogdanovich, one of the guards there, and at least trying to contain them. That's been their their best lineup all season uh, for the Knicks, and it's, it's been really, really good for them. The Hawks, on the other hand, Lee, you think this is going to be like a close series in terms of just even close games. That may not bode well for the Hawks. This has got to be a Schumann stat because it's very detailed, but Atlanta's been outscored by 58 points in the final five minutes of 31 possession games. Second wow. worst only to the Pistons. Um, yeah, so, you know, again... Things could change, of course, and you're in the playoffs. So like, throw those really out, but they haven't fared all that well in these really, really tight mm. one possession games. And and again, I think a lot of us agree that these are we're going to get a whole bunch more of these. So we'll see if the Hawks can uh, get off of that sort of track there, because that's not good at all. You don't want to be down with the Pistons when it comes to one possession sort of uh, <laughs> scoring numbers and and uh, outcomes. So not good, but. It feels like a lot of those were the first half of and the season. And probably are. Right? Yeah, uh, sure. Right. Yep, that's, yeah, yeah. You, you expect if Bogdanovich and Gallinari are on the floor, that's going to be their offensive lineup anyway. I mean, they might do a little defense for offense there, but just to give Trey Young some options, because if those guys are on the perimeter, especially Bogdanovich, you'll be confident with him getting a shot off. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's just, I guess, Capella's probably in there, and then maybe one of the guys like DeAndre Hunter or Cam, Cam Reddish. But... Uh, that's that really was the problem in the first two seasons there for Trey Young is that he just didn't seem to have anyone to pass the ball to with confidence. Well, he's mm-hmm. got those guys now. And Gallinari, we saw for the Thunder last year, he was actually pretty good for them. Uh, I don't have the stats handy, but it certainly felt like Chris Paul was comfortable going to him to get them a bucket late in game. So that's what the Hawks Gallinari are Gallinari back him. in MSG too, baby? Well, yeah. Oh, that's why they're paying him $20 million a year. The though. rooster they, has returned to the coup. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he doesn't, you know, he looks he looks about 100 years old on defense, but on offense, he can still yeah. shoot. If he's open, he'll, he'll, you know, he can knock it in. Yeah, I mean, it might just come down to, yeah, like Randall we know is going to probably still get his, even if he's contained a little bit yeah. by Hunter, but... Can all these other guys that you are saying keep up with the Hawks who have a lot of offensive firepower? You're going to have Capella big beefing out there for sure. Wow, there's beef everywhere. Well, I there's know. Everywhere. I mean, that's the, the so hot thing right now. And, uh, and of course, all these shooters, like they should be able to continue to score against still a great Knicks team defensively. Um, you know, but for whatever reason, a lot of teams can't hit threes against the Knicks this year. So maybe we'll see if that continues with the Hawks with all their shooters. But let's get to predictions. Tass, you go first. Uh, uh, again, I've been flip-flopping left and right on this one all day long. Knicks, Hawks, Knicks, Hawks, Knicks, Hawks. Where do you go? Yeah, it's a, it's a real tough one. I don't like the fact that MSG has added fans. Don't like that for, for the Hawks prediction. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll, I'll stick with uh, my, my initial feeling that the Hawks shooters will be able to shoot. And I guess my stubbornness that I don't believe in all this, of the supporting cast of the Knicks team that continues to – Produce. It's not just R.J. Barrett with his career season, who is balling, uh, but but guys like Reggie Bullock, who have increased their three-point percentage uh, like crazy under tips, uh, and obviously with, along with Julius Randle. Uh, I will. I, I just. I just believe in the Hawks' offense and their defense. Pick it up enough. I'll take the Hawks in six. Hawks in six. Kaka. He says. T.K. You go next. Who you got? Oh, I'm so conflicted. This is the Lee Ellis Tough One Memorial <laughs> Series. Every game it feels like is going to be close, uh, especially with, I don't know, it feels like we saw the Knicks play a ton of close games down the stretch. Like you're saying, Tass, we saw a lot of close Hawks games over the entirety 
of the season. I kind of do think that Madison Square Garden is going to play a factor in this series as well. Skeets, I know you just compared uh, Knicks fans and Hawks fans, but you said MSG was the greatest place you could ever think to even watch a basketball game. You didn't say quite the same about State Farm Arena, <laughs> no, no, no. I have to say. Uh, I mean, we got 15,000 going crazy. If you're thinking this is a seven-game series, that would be huge. Mm-hmm. So you're going Knicks and se- you're going Knicks and seven. It yeah. sounds like you're getting there, man. You can get there. I know, but Tass made honestly, Tass made such a good case, and I'm really looking forward to seeing Trey Young play in like a high leverage situation. Yeah. I think he's going to thrive there, but it could certainly go the other way. Give me the Knicks in seven. Mm. Wow. I mm. mean, mm. again, yeah. Looking around the internet, listening to other podcasts, it does feel Lee that those are the two uh, most common predictions for this series Trey's Nixon seven or Tass's Hawks and six I mean a lot of people don't like to pick the road team in a, in a game seven victory mm. so I get it where are you going with it yeah I'm going the same I'm giving the edge to the Knicks because they do have home court advantage and this was something we talked about just before the playoffs saying these two teams really probably look at each other fancy each other think yeah we can take this other team but it really could come down to something as simple as who gets that potential game seven on their home court uh, and that's why I do lean towards the Knicks. I, I agree. I think the first two games, that crowd is going to be going crazy. There might be a few nerves, of course, but you know we've never seen Trey Young in this situation. He's got a lot of uh, responsibility on his shoulders. But I think the Knicks, if they can just hold serve in this series, that will be enough. But uh, you know, Tass's pick of Hawks in six, I think that is also key. If because game six, of course, would be in Atlanta if that was the case. And so if if the Hawks can steal home court advantage in one of these first two games, that uh, is really their key to winning the series, to get a chance to close out at home down at the Fortress. But uh, I think uh, I'm going with the Knicks. I think just home court, Game 7 at home at the Garden, I think they do it. Well, I have to go this series in seven because I was saying it like three weeks ago when we thought these two teams would meet uh, in an eventual playoff series. And uh, I'm ultimately going to go Knicks in seven. I, I, I'm with you guys. I think uh, that home court advantage actually is going to help here. It's tough because there's so many, like you said, the nerves, Lee. Like... Not just for Trey Young. I mean, Julius mm-hmm. Randle's first, like, obviously, uh, real postseason moment here. A lot of guys on these teams, some rooks, uh, you know, and quickly, like I said, RJ Barrett's never in the, play- in the playoffs, of course. Like, who has been? It's like Rose, Capella, you know, Tosh Gallinari. Gibson. Yeah, Tosh, yeah, right. Um, sweet, sweet Lou. Yeah, so I'm going to go Nixon seven, but man, <laughs> uh, this one is very difficult. Lou. You can just flip a coin in all honesty. I, yeah. I see people saying I it's not going seven. I think it's going the distance this one because I think yeah. they're, they're both yeah. great teams. They are. They're really fun teams. Listen, listen. A huge factor for me is where we live. Okay, sure, <laughs> Let's man. be honest. I'm I'm picking my home team. That's definitely a, a big part of it. It just. I just don't want to pick against them. I've done it before. It's just not fun. But uh, you know, even if the Knicks. Uh, Give up one. They have a they have a stinky three point shooting game. Yeah, these guys who have hit shots all year maybe have a bad game in game one or game two. I still don't trust the Hawks to win game three and game four at home. No, I, no. it's it's like it's just going to go back and forth all freaking series long. So. Who the heck knows what this well, is? Well, Nate McMillan already fined $25,000, too, heading into this series mm. for detrimental public comments asserting bias by the NBA relating to the playoffs. Just a fancy way <laughs> to say it. that he was saying, oh, yeah, the NBA wants the Knicks in there. Of course they want the Knicks to move on to the second round. Oh, yeah, we don't have a chance. Uh, you know, I, I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what he's getting dinged the 25K here for. So that I love gives it. it a little juice already. I got to say... 
Tibbs has a lot of days here to game plan for the Hawks, uh, which is, you know, all he's done has probably been watching film this entire time here. So that's a, a plus maybe in the coaching department. And Nate McMillan, you slipped it in there, Lee, but you didn't have the stats. His teams are 1-11 in their last 12 playoff games. Uh, Coach McMillan teams. Now there's been injuries that come into play. But he's won one playoff series in nine chances and has a 17-36 and 36 coaching record. But you could say this is the best team he's had in a long, long time. Yeah, I wonder how many healthy. So, wonder how many of those games he's had home court advantage. All those series. Oh, I mean, because he technically, you, technically had it against the uh, against the Heat last right. season. But we won't count that one. Why won't we count that one? Well, different circumstances. <laughs> oh, because think, it's in the bubble. Yeah, good point. Well, That's yeah, yeah. But also, was TJ Warren in that? I can't remember if he because he was yeah. so hot. Yeah, it was Jimmy he Butler, TJ Warren, right? Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But uh, anyway, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Good series. I'm glad we got this series because yeah, one of these teams mm-hmm. is going to be in the second round and be feeling pretty good about themselves, even though they're going to run into the sixes. But that's great. Right. That's what playoff basketball is all about. All right, baby. Playoffs. <laughs> it's going down. Timber. Uh, okay, let's get to Nets-Celtics. 2-7 matchup. This one starts uh, Saturday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. This one's getting the primetime slot there on ABC. Oh, hello. Mm. Nets-Celtics. Mm. Brooklyn. Boston, uh, Brooklyn swept Boston in their three regular season meetings, winning by an average of 15 points. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think they had all three superstars in any of those games. It was a real mix and match. But uh, anyway, they got the victories in all of them. Task key to the series here, um, you know, for the Celtics, either pulling off the upset or the Nets taking care of business. Yeah, I'm going to stay away from the keys. I'll okay. let you guys talk about the basketball part of it. I think I think the Nets are actually just taking this four or five games, whatever it is, just to get acclimated with each other. And that I know that's, that's disrespectful <laughs> to the Celtics. Uh, hi, my name's Kevin. Well, uh, hi, well, yeah, hi Kevin. Uh, hey, Kevin. Uh, yeah, the, the, is actually my quote here from Steve Nash uh, just uh, points everybody out by their first name. So mm. I guess he knows their names. But uh, Steve Nash <laughs> said this past weekend, Kai, Kev, James, and Joe – I don't think any of those guys have played with Nick or Blake, Claxton or Blake Griffin. The, the point is, uh, these guys, they really, the, the big three have played eight freaking games together. Right. And, and that trickles down to so many lineups. And uh, the fact that they're here in this uh, two seed, I mean, it just shows how freaking good they are. Obviously, we all know that. Uh, and I think for us basketball nerds, it's a good sign that he said all that because it means the big three plus Joe Harris, those four are going to play with either Nick Claxton or Blake Griffin at the center spot. Nash said you're guaranteed to see those lineups in the playoffs. What, you know, a lot of basketball nerds thinks, think are their best lineups, their, their best two lines, especially Nick Claxton, who's their, you know, their, the perfect guy who doesn't need to touch the ball ever on the offensive end. And Blake is showing that he can, you know, be really into games when uh, he's on a championship-type team. So, We'll get to, you know, the, the guys who actually need to do stuff for the Celtics mm-hmm. to have an absolute chance and how terrible I think the matchups are for the Celtics. But really when it comes down to it, I think when we look at this five, six games from now, it's going to be about the Brooklyn Nets just being able to say, Kai, Kev, James, Joe, you guys are <laughs> on the floor together and, you know, get to know where each other are. Because even even when... Uh, Kevin Durant got to play against uh, the Celtics recently. Like he, he was nine of fourteen. 
it's a smoke show. Everything's going to be a smoke show with this team. <laughs> Let's be honest. I mean, everybody's going to score, and no one's going to be stopped on this Nets team. It's they, There's not enough firepower on the other side. So, unfortunately, that's my storyline for this series. I don't like to say it. I don't want to talk about that, but the Celtics just... They ain't the Celtics we thought they were going to be months ago. It's just they're just not that. Yeah, it's unfortunate Jalen Brown's not playing in this. Otherwise, you like start talking to yourself into maybe a series here. But Trey, what's uh, what's the key to you on either side of this? Well, Tass nailed it. It's not about the X's and O's. It's about the Kai, the Kevin, the James, and the Joes. <laughs> There's a lot more names right now for the Brooklyn Nets, which is why I actually agree with what Musa is saying here in the stream team, that the Celtics will win one of these games if Jason Tatum has an all-time great game. And that, to me, is the key here. Tatum has to completely ball out and be, at worst, the second-best player in this series for the Celtics to have a chance. Uh, After that game against the Wizards, their play-in game, he said, I came out and I wanted to be the best player in the game. He proved that. He had a 50-burger, a nice, tasty burger. Uh, And we've seen in the past that he's able to elevate his game to a level, a superstar level in the playoffs. We saw the guy dunk on LeBron uh, in his rookie year. He has risen to the moment time and time again, but there have also been a lot of times uh, in the bubble, notably, I think, that he would have a great half and then... An okay half, something along those lines, you know, like a a great start to a game and a poor finish or the complete opposite. He didn't put together a lot of whole games last year, but I do think that Tatum is a really solid player. He's built a playoff rep already, and I think he has a chance to add to that playoff rep by really performing against the Nets team that's going to be a huge favorite in this. I think uh, Tatum can go off, and I think it can be beneficial almost to the Celtics' defense if he's making it that Kevin Durant has to guard him, that he has to put a little bit of effort in defensively. Maybe that takes away a little bit of the Nets' firepower, and that's a way the Celtics can steal a game. Basically, it's got to be Tatum time for the entirety of this series uh, if the Celtics are going to pull off any sort of an upset. Yeah, I would agree with that. That's uh, That makes sense. I'll keep it going here. The key to me is Kemba then has to be like the number two guy on the Celtics with a bang. He has to step up huge for them to have any chance in this series. Because let's say, let's pretend, I'm pretending a little bit, but like you're saying, TK, that Tatum on his best day in three or four games in a series, can, like, counter KD. Like, can be comparable in terms of scoring. At his level, again, in some games. Well, then you need Kemba to basically counter Kyrie. Uh, who's, by the way, loves playing against the Boston Celtics and kicking their ass uh, for many, many reasons. Mm-hmm. So you need Kemba to, like, match what Kyrie's doing. Unfortunately, of course, for the Town boys, that still leaves Harden. But, hey, maybe Marcus Smart uh, can get in his head and Harden has a few... Uh, um, clunkers that we know he can do in a playoff series and Marcus Smart for whatever reason catches fire and takes and hits six or seven threes like I've seen him do against the Raps before this is what has to happen I mean Kemba just has to be awesome he was wicked in the play-in game 29 points seven boards two assists two steals hit six threes the, the Celtics need this every game or every at least victory you need it four times where Tatum and Kemba out of like the five stars now in this game because there's no Jalen they have to be like, if it's the old hockey thing task where you're doing three stars when they come out on the ice and they put their stick up in the air, like, <laughs> you need two Celtics in there uh, four out of seven games. It has to be Tatum and Kemba. It can't, it, they, then maybe another net, but it needs that. And I, I just don't think it's going to happen, of course, four times, but maybe once or twice. Kemba's got to be special, Lily, uh, in my opinion. He only, play, he only played in one game against the Nets this season, mm. too. Again, you don't want to put too much in the regular season, but he's been awesome over the last couple of weeks. We were talking about it heading into the play-in games, what he was averaging. He had a good play-in game. 
he just has to be uh, really, really special here for uh, to, to pair with a great Tatum to win enough games to make this a series, in my opinion. But what do you got, Lily? Yeah, I think this one's actually not going to be all that close, and uh, largely because Jalen Brown's not there. They're missing their second-best player, the Celtics, and he's their best defender as well, so that hurts them a lot. Uh, we know, look, I'll make a, I'll make some sort of a case here for the Celtics. We know that the Nets don't want to have to try too hard on defense. They want this game to be, uh, they want to put up 140 points and say, if you can score 144, Boston, you can win this game. But that's going to be tough for them. So I would say if you're Brad Stevens and you're the Celtics, just try to make this as slow a game as possible and keep it somewhat close because then maybe Kemba can close it out. Maybe Jason Tatum can close mm-hmm. it out. Those That's where it's going to come from. But if this is a track meet, Good night, Boston. This one's going to be all over because that's what the Nets really want to do. They just they they don't care about defense unless they absolutely have to play it. Otherwise, they're happy to just go out there and just let everyone go for 30, 35 points. Um, you know, they've had some injuries, of course. You know, every all three of the big three have had some sort of time off or uh, missed games for whatever reason. But I think they're going to be ready, fresh, uh, and they want to make a statement too, I think, to the Eastern Conference. I think they want to send a message to the other teams like, you know, this is ours this season, and uh, I think they're going to do that early on against the Celtics. So, um, yeah, this is uh, – I, I think this series is – it's kind of going to be boring because I really don't think the Celtics, no matter how well they play, I don't even think they can take a game, to be honest. I think, uh, whoa, I think the whoa. Nets just – I think the Nets just hammer them in this one. You're going, uh, you're going Celtics – excuse me, Nets in four. Yeah, I think so. I, I just think there's so too much of a responsibility falls on Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker to uh, to try to have to keep up the scoring, and uh, I just don't see it happening. So yeah, I've got the Nets in a in a pretty easy sweep. Okay, fair enough. Um, the, the defense is interesting. I mean, maybe not in this series task, but moving on, like it feels like we're not talking about the Nets ranked 22nd defensively in the league, like. Remember we used to make a big deal out of that when like a team was out of the top 10, a team with title aspirations that we'd be like, well, I don't almost never happens. Almost never happens. Like uh, what the Lakers did it one year, right? Where uh, back in the Shaq Kobe, I think they were ranked, I don't know off the top of my head, but they were ranked quite low defensively in terms of defensive rating and they went on to win the title. But it generally doesn't. You need to have like a, an above average, if not, of course, uh, good or elite defense. And the Nets have turned it on, I guess, as of late, but still 22nd in the league is, is quite low. They are not a defensive juggernaut, but I guess my point is like, we're not talking about it because no one, no one cares because of what they can do on the other hand, like you said, where they're just going to score a ton of, ton of points, even if they never even played in games together. Yeah, I think we know. We just know as basketball fans, there's, they can win. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. They can still pull it off. And you talk about the defense. One of their holes is or the weaknesses, I guess I should say, is against little water bug kind of guards, like a Kemba Walker. He could get into the lane and score. But on the other side, I don't think a guy by the name of Kemba has ever held up the stick and won one of the top stars of a game. Well, been one of the three stars. <laughs> but on the other side, a Kevin, a James, a Joe, pfft, they've definitely held up the stick. Oh, even Joe, uh, you, wow. <laughs> Joe, well, a, a man by the name of oh, Joe, that's what I'm saying. I mean. A man by the name of Kemba, has, he ever, has a Kemba ever won a top three star of a In game? In an NHL game, wow. Yeah. Now, Jason... Probably. Yes. Patrick Marlowe, he probably has, hasn't he? Yeah. We got a Joe Thornton Harris on the other side. Okay, enough hockey talk. Anyway, uh, what stinks for the Celtics is, yeah, Kemba has to go off. uh, But for Jason Tatum, he's going to have to guard Kevin Durant. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. They got nobody else. And so he's got to be the number one scorer and the number one stopper on Kevin Durant. And, and. 
it, I mean, the, you know, Trey painted the, the rosy picture. Like maybe if, uh, you know, Jason, uh, um, Kevin Durant uh, can, can struggle a little bit on the defensive end, that would help if he's got to guard Tatum. But at least they have some other guys. Like they can throw out Jeff Green, you know, if, if just to save Kevin Durant a little bit. Uh, they can try and, you know, slow him down with their center who's not a center and Bruce Brown a little bit. And they'll throw Nick Claxton on him maybe. I don't know, they have options. Well, the, the Celtics don't. So Tatum's got to be amazing. Kemba's got to be amazing. It's just it's just too much. Uh, and, and, yeah, that's enough breaking it what, down. What's your me. prediction? I, I agree. Uh, yeah. Uh, ooh. Uh, I, uh, I don't want to say another sweep, but sweep it up. Sweep it up. <laughs> Trey, what are you Double doing? Sweep. You got some crumbs on the Double ground sweep. there? What are you doing? I got no crumbs. I got some beans. Mm. Got a couple of beans wow. over here. Just two beans. Give me uh, the Nets in six games. I've got a lot of belief in Tatum. I think Kemba can have a nice game as well. And like Lee is saying, mm. the Nets don't want to play defense. They will play defense. They've had some solid defensive outings, but do they want to? No, of course not. They want to try and outscore you. And if that's the case, there's a chance the Celtics have a couple of hot games as well in those very same games when the Nets are not committed on the defensive end. Maybe things work out the right way for the Celtics in a couple of those 50-50 situations. So, uh, yeah, I can see the Celtics stealing a couple of games, but I think this is ultimately going to be a pretty one-sided series. So give me the Nets in six. Okay. Woo. Oh, wow. Yeah, not seeing a lot of those. I'll go Nets in five. I think you're seeing that one a lot more than uh, six. Uh, I haven't seen a single person pick the Celtics. I don't think you will. But, uh, you know, six is given a little credit there to, of course, T- Tatum and Kemba. To a pulse note, or maybe it's the opposite. Yeah, just saying that the Nets are checked out for a couple games there, or something like that. We will see. Okay, I got Nets in five though. Let's uh, hear all your predictions in the stream team. Wouldn't you love to travel without the actual, you know, traveling part? For example, I want to go to Lisbon. Let's say I just snap my fingers, I'm there. No driving to the airport, no flight delays, no fools at security who still don't know that, yes, you need to take your laptop out of your bag and place it in the tray. Oh my God, how long have we been doing this? Travel without traveling. I want it both ways, but that's not possible. It is with Mack Weldon, though. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort. But this is possible to have it both ways. Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. From their light-as-air underwear to innovative anti-odor tees and versatile yet comfortable pants, Mack Weldon has a full range of clothes that never go out of style. I've got it all. I got the air-knit underwear. I got the Ace Collection sweatpants. I've got the Silver Peak Polo. Everything fits perfectly. All I get is compliments. Mack Weldon has figured this stuff out. Because performance fabric usually means clothes that look or feel sort of techy or shiny. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of a busy life. They look like regular clothes, which is good. I want regular clothes, but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with the promo code NODUNKS. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code NODUNKS. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Final one as we start to wrap this up. It is maybe the best one. Bucks and Heat, it's the rematch. Gets underway 2 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. Game one tipping then. Bucks won the season series, but 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 Jimmy Butler missed all three games so he could work out in the gym. Did you see the photo of Jimmy going around on Twitter today, Lily? My Jeez. goodness gracious. He's, he said he is stupidly locked in right now. Stupidly locked in. You mean he's actually, like, can't get out of the gym? Like, he uh, hit the weight room? I think that's what happened. He's like, yeah. he's like, well, I guess I'll just lift some more weight. Somebody locked lift. me in here. That photo was insane. But... I'm excited for this one. Milwaukee, Miami, three-six matchup. Um, the the Bucks had a chance, Tass, to like possibly dodge the Heat uh, over the last week. There, you know, they said no. We want you. I think their ownership came out actually even said like, no, we're not running from you. We ain't doing what the Clippers are doing with the Lakers. We want to <laughs> exercise the demons. Let's go round one, baby. Uh, but what's your what's your key to this? Uh, what should be a very fun series. It should be. Uh, I, you know, we all think back to last year when it was, it was a gong show, really, for, for when it comes down to it for the Milwaukee Bucks. They got run over. They got trampled. But the Heat supporting cast, it doesn't look the same as it did last year around Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Last year, if you remember it, those guys around those two were scorching hot in round number two. Jay Crowder was hitting shots from everywhere mm-hmm. and playing great defense. Tyler Hero was in an incredible flow. You know, we're talking about Tyler Hero being traded for amazing players. <laughs> like Tyler Hero straight up for, you know, even Michael Porter Jr. Or, or that, That's how great he was playing. Goran Dragic was his, you know, his FIBA self. He was playing out of this world. Uh, even Kelly Olenek was good. Uh, and and look, at, look at all those guys now. Uh, Jay Crowder is gone, being replaced by an older Trevor Reza. Tyler Hero just hasn't played that way. Goran Dragic, can he flip the switch? Because he, he did that last year going into the playoffs. Kelly Olenek traded for Victor Oladipo. He's injured. That hasn't worked out. So, uh, I, I, you know, the main guys from there, this isn't a series about Kelly Olenek, but it's about Hero and, and Dragic. Can those guys just turn it up? Last year they had a round to warm up against the Pacers. They swept them. They got into a flow. Uh, I, you know, I want to buy into the bubble heat that they can just turn it on. And uh, even even the last couple of weeks, they have looked like those guys. But I just I just don't buy it. Uh, and even like on the defensive end, you know, Crowder replaced by the older Trevor Ariza. Is he going to be able to chip in against Yanis like like Jay Crowder did? I'm not so sure. Uh, they still have Duncan Robinson, obviously. Uh, but uh, I think the Bucks should feel more confident that they are a deeper team, uh, and they shoot the three ball incredibly well. They've picked that up. They have changed that about themselves. That's that's a one big change. They just shoot the three. It's kind of like the Jazz have done, and, and the Heat give up a lot of threes. So uh, I, I think they feel different than last year, and they should. Uh, like I don't know if all these guys around Butler and Adebayo can really – can really just pick it up immediately, like out, out of the gate. I think that that sweep of the Pacers really helped the Pacers, the Heat, understand who they were last year. So I'm not sure, I'm not sure that it happens this mm. year. I just I don't see it. Trey, what are you watching in this one? 
Well, you know I'm watching Jimmy Butler, Skeets Arena. Cannot wait to see my guy again. Stupidly locked in. What kind of a quote is that? Were those were those arms real? I don't know. Like, that photo is insane. It seemed photoshopped. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, maybe yeah. JD, can you can you look for that yeah, photo while we're talking about it? Because he accidentally left his keys uh, in his bag. He got stupidly locked in the gym, and you can see the results. <laughs> He's pumped, man. He's, the guy's <laughs> looking huge. No surprise. We talked about it on the show recently. Under the radar, great season, probably from all that weightlifting. This is maybe the best season of Jimmy Butler's career. A career high in assists. He led the league in steals, almost 50% from the floor. And like you said, Tass, the Heat kind of did turn it on a little bit. They finished 12-4, and but the difference this year uh, with the Bucks is that now he's going to have to face Drew Holiday rather than the big name being Chris Middleton, followed up by Eric Bledsoe. You know, Drew Holiday... A similar style player, I would say, to Jimmy Butler. Uh, Drew has his lowest usage rate in forever. His efficiency is up. He's at 50% from the field, almost 40% from three. The defense is great. The Bucks are going to have the luxury of being able to use him on whoever is balling. You know, if Dragic is having a great game, Drew Holiday can guard Goran Dragic, and Middleton can try and stick Butler. If Hero's going off... Try Drew Holiday. But when it comes down to it, I think Drew and Jimmy are going to be sticking each other. They are a good match for the quickness, the speed, the strength, the way they go about things. Uh, Drew Holiday makes the Bucks so much more difficult to guard and really gives Jimmy something else he's got to be doing, which means Jimmy's going to have to work even harder. Does that mean he's going to be even more the man? Maybe so. We shall see. <laughs> but this matchup has changed in the Bucks' favor this year. Just upgrading to Drew Holiday is going to be huge because now it means Jimmy's got, got to elevate his game just a little bit more to win that matchup. Yeah, I mean, we for, maybe we don't forget. Eric Bledsoe shot 33% from the field he was and bad. 21% bad, bad. from three in this series last year. Ooh. I mean, he was thoroughly outplayed by Dragic. FIBA Dragic, yes, but... Even normal Dragic was kicking Eric Bledsoe's ass. And now it's Drew Holiday who, yeah, you're putting on Jimmy Butler, their best player. And, you know, he says he should be Defensive Player of the Year. This is like uh, I should be Defensive Player of the Year uh, series because now we got Bam tonight was left off the finalists uh, list uh, that TNT announced. And Bam was tweeting, ha ha, like he's pissed now. (laughs) So that's not good for Giannis. But Drew thinks he should be Defensive Player of the Year as a guard. So that's not good for Jimmy. Uh, you know, hopefully we get some uh, 85 to 84 games here lately. But uh, mm. I do agree with what the guys are saying. Like, I expect some of these Heat players that performed last year in the series against the Bucks or uh, really throughout the entire postseason to not get to the level they did. Because I think the bubble was the perfect setting for a team like Miami. We talked about it before. Mm-hmm. It just uh, it just worked for those type of guys and that Heat culture. Now it's now they're not there. And, yeah, P.J. Tucker's in from Milwaukee, obviously Drew Holiday, you know, even Bobby Portis, uh, Bryn Ford. Like, it is a, a different squad, even how they play. They've uh, approached their defensive schemes a little different and uh, even what they're doing offensively. So the Bucks, I think, uh, I like that they didn't dodge them or scared of them. Like, they're saying all the right things, but is this just the case where the Heat, especially with, uh, led by their main dog there, their alpha dog and Jimmy Butler, like, they just got their number because Bam's awesome against Giannis and... They've obviously had their reps in the postseason before. Like, is it that the case? They just they just can't are they in there? They just can't beat them for whatever reason. Well, I think um, if I remember correctly, all four of us actually picked the Heat to upset the Bucks down there in Orlando because you could sort of see the writing on the wall a little bit. It's like you know, Eric Bledsoe is he a playoff performer? You know, Jimmy Butler wants this. There's no home court advantage that the Bucks should have. And also, my key is here, Mike Budenholzer, the coach. What is he going to do if? the Bucks fall behind early mm-hmm. because one of the problems he's had in the playoffs, he's been very rigid. He doesn't change the way they play. And he also sort of plays his guys 
regardless of the situation. He goes 10 or 11 deep. When everyone's screaming, you've got to tighten up. I think Kyle Corver played 37 minutes in one game against the Miami Heat. Shout out to Kyle. I saw him this morning at uh, school drop-off too. But you can't... Uh, you just you know, dropped he, something. <laughs> um, you just, you know, he's not really the sort of guy who should be out there playing that many mm-hmm. minutes in a playoff series. He's the sort of like, we need someone to knock in a three, need someone to just change the offense around. But what will Coach Budenholzer do? Because this series, if they lose, then I, I think he's done as, as the Milwaukee Bucks head yeah. coach. They shouldn't lose. They've actually had, I think, a, a pretty good season in the end. It, you know, it had some ups and downs like everyone did. But I think overall the fact that they got back on track, they got to that number three seed, they didn't dodge the heat, they weren't going to sort of try to avoid them. And this team is better because of those guys you mentioned. You know, Drew Holiday was brought in because it's like, we believe in you at both ends of the floor. And I think I think that's a, a much better upgrade over Eric Bledsoe. PJ Tucker came in late. And even Bobby Portis off the bench has actually given them some decent minutes at times here. So I think the Bucks should feel a lot more confident this season that uh, whatever down there in the, in the bubble, they just never really got into their groove. But Budenholzer cannot panic. And he also can't be sort of too uh, strict in the way that he's like, you know what, I play these guys throughout the regular season. We're not going to change things up. You've got to change things up if the, if it requires it in the uh, postseason. Because if he if he just stays too loyal to those guys, he could find himself in a hole. And I think the Bucks. it's very important they don't drop one of the first two games here in Milwaukee because that's just going to be Jimmy just... That's what Jimmy wants. He's going to get his big face coffee. He's going to be stuck. Oh, there he is. Look at him. Jeez, yeah. Maybe it's real. It's you don't... Uh, He's at least you, boiled up. He's got to yeah. be boiled Yeah, up. So I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. Those are. Uh, but that's the thing. You don't want to give Jimmy a chance in this series to, for him to be like, right, we've got these guys now coming down to Miami. If it's 1-1, that really plays, <laughs> nice plays into Jimmy. They've, they've got to, you know, obviously stay ahead ahead in the series I think Milwaukee because if the if the Heat get ahead then I think it could be t- very tough in Milwaukee to sort of claw their way back in but if they can just keep their nose in front of the uh, Heat that's their best chance um, just quickly RJ has a good question is there a is there like a special school <laughs> down here in Atlanta for uh, kids of three point specialists you and Corver yeah. there he gives me a hey out the window I just give him the old Corva kisses, my man. <laughs> cool. No, I don't. I don't blow kisses to him. Okay. I, I, figured, I figured you gave him a peace sign. Did you give him a peace sign? Because when you were telling the story, you said, "I saw Kyle," and you threw off your two fingers. Oh, I, I was walking. I was just walking across the road, and he pulled over, and he had the, he had his head out, and he said, hey, "And I said, hey, like that. that's just my sort of like. It's not. It's not a. I mean, it is a peace sign, but that's just my like." Hey. Yeah, it's just, yeah, okay. I, yeah, I get it. Okay. That's what uh, shout out yeah. to Kyle Corver. Hopefully, he's watching. Um, <laughs> my key to this, I'm going to keep this very simple before we get to our predictions and wrap this one up. Uh, Giannis, for now two consecutive postseasons, has been, despite being back to back MVPs, uh, you know, he's not winning it this year, but you know what I'm talking about, the last two, he's been outplayed by Kawhi in a series, and then he was outplayed by Jimmy Butler in a series. You're the two time MVP. You're not going to win this year, but again, you got Jimmy. You got to be the man. You got to be the best player by far in this series. Now, you know, he got injured last year at the end there, and that sucked. But that mid range jumper's got to fall a little more consistently. He's got to get to the line, which he will, but he's got to hit. What do you want, Lee? 75% plus at least of his free throws uh, at this I point. I love know, that. That's, yeah. You know, he takes forever while he's there. That sure slows yeah. the game down, but he's got to hit him at a, you know, a pretty good clip, and I'll take 75%. He just needs to be the number one guy in this series it can't be jimmy it can't be like we saw that photo it's got to we got to be uh talking about Giannis doing the uh clenching or pooping photo uh showing off <laughs> his muscles uh, more than we're talking about jimmy who had just jumped in the pool to take his photo so 
But that won't be easy because Bam and the and the Heat obviously have a great game plan and they did have Crowder last year. I'm with you, Tass. I don't think Ariza is quite up to uh, Crowder's level defensively there, uh, being a little older, not as like strong as Jay Crowder is. But Giannis, this is a shoe stat. Only averaged 16.7 points per game. Uh, his lowest scoring average against any Eastern Conference opponent against the uh, the Miami <laughs> Heat. There it is. Maybe this is how we should decide this series. They just have like a, a flex off or something like that. Wow. Wow. What do you, what do you, wow. What do you go with, man? Okay, it's too I close think to Giannis bigger muscles, Jimmy bigger <laughs> yeah. veins. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. I think you got it right. The vasculature. Yeah. But yeah, I'm excited to see if Bam can uh, can slow Giannis down, and I, I think for the Bucks to move on, Giannis has to get the best of him in, in a lot of these. Despite Bam being a defensive player of the year, uh, well, I was going to say finalist, but probably top five. He finished uh, on the outside of the top three. Can't wait for it though. But let's wrap it up. Predictions time. Heat Bucks. Tass, you go first. It is the rematch. You think they get revenge here with the new squad in there with Drew and PJ or do the Heat just have their number led by those sick veins of Jimmy's arms <laughs> uh, yeah no uh, I wanted to make a varicose veins joke but there's, there's nothing really there what, why am I why am I forcing Dante uh, D varicose D-vein chains that's tough nope, nope. it's a lot of, mm. a lot of syllables there. that's fine <laughs> um, uh, no, no okay. I got nothing. Uh, hemoglobe. Okay, yeah. Anyway, I got the Bucks. Uh, I think they should feel like it's a brand new team. I, I think they will have that sort of feeling. You mentioned those guys uh, just right now: Drew Holiday and PJ Tucker, over Eric Bledsoe and whoever they were trying to squeeze in there. Whether it was Wesley Matthews, um, they 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 have they have this. This 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 new year that's it's fresh for them. I, I think it feels good. Uh, I, I think yeah. What we're banking on here is sort of them being sort of like a mental block, like they can't beat this right. this Heat team. But home court's going to be big. Uh, they, they will be playing at home. There will be fans in the Pfizer Forum, and that's not a vaccination uh, uh, stadium. That's the <laughs> Pfizer Forum. It's an entirely different arena. And, uh, I, yeah, I, I think they should be super, super comfortable. I think Yanis has to make d- quicker decisions this year. I think that's what uh, is really key mm-hmm. for them. You know, he's going to get into the lane. He's going to see a wall. He's just got to move that thing. And uh, I, I think the, the Bucks will follow through with a bunch of threes if, if he does that. And the Heat are, haven't been quite to that same level. Bucks in six for me. Bucks in six. Shout out to Brandon Jennings. Trey. Who do you got? Against the Heat, too. Yeah, I believe it, it was. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, TK, prediction for this. I'm feeling insane in the men's veins. <laughs> I'm liking Jimmy Butler in the Heat. I think wow. that they have turned it on a little bit here. They shot about 40% from three during uh, the month of May. It's just nine games, but if you're going to shoot 40%, It'd be nice if it was the nine games heading into the playoffs. Like I said before, 12-4. and four, Jimmy has been turning it on since uh, being out of the lineup for a lot of the early part of the season. Heat in seven. Wow. Mm. Going on the road. Mm. Taking care of business in Milwaukee. What a pick. Uh, Lee, where are you going? Milwaukee or Miami with this one? I think Giannis Veins are going to make it rain and cause Jimmy in the heat pain and the Bucks win in seven games. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're insane in the memory. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, There's a reason we don't do late night shows. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, this is another one. Throughout the day, I was like, I think I'm going to pick the heat. I, I just feel that this is another sort of one where, and even Giannis is saying, uh, 
I hope it's different. I don't know if it will be different <laughs> uh, from last season. There's, I think, again, there's so much more pressure on Milwaukee because they should advance. They're expected to advance. They have the best player in this series. If yeah, I mean, Giannis is the better player. Jimmy may be the better playoff player. So um, it, it's going to be tight. You know that Heat are going to make it so grimy. It's going to be an arm wrestle, and that's not what the Milwaukee Bucks want because that's what Jimmy wants. He wants it to be oh, close. Have you so seen Giannis's arm wrestle? I'll take that arm wrestling match. Come on. Um, so I, I, I'm picking Milwaukee. I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced, uh, and I and I do worry these first two these first two games here in Milwaukee. If they lose one of those in a terrible loss. That could really spell trouble for Milwaukee. I don't think they can dig themselves out of a hole. They've got to be front runners in this series and got to keep them held themselves ahead. Uh, what did I say before about tennis? Hold serve at home. Win the home games and you win the series. So I say Bucks in seven. Not yeah. wait. You're taking Bucks in seven. Okay. Yeah, okay. Bucks. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why? Why? Don't you know. don't remember? I, I said I think Giannis's veins. <laughs> I thought you said heat, and then uh, then you were Giannis talking. Giannis's veins are going to make it rain and cause okay. Jimmy in the heat pain, and the Bucks win in seven games. Okay. <laughs> uh, and he used the tennis analogy, and he threw up deuces. That's a tennis term to Kyle Korver. Uh, uh, I fifteen loved it, or something. <laughs> Man, <laughs> well, yeah, the Bucks win in straight sets. Is that? Yeah, I mean, would that be four three if they hold? No, no, no. Oh, you're, going, you're going seven games. Uh, that's, that's a like tiebreaker. Tiebreaker. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh I man, know. I am. I'm also gonna go. I can't decide. I, I can't decide. Um, I don't like Milwaukee's chances in a game seven at home, as weird as that sounds. I, I like. I guess what I actually, the flip side of that is I love the guy like Jimmy Butler in a game seven on the road, uh, you know, alongside Bam getting it done, which is why I will say Bucks in six. Again, shout out to Brandon Jennings. Uh, I'm going Milwaukee in six. I, I, I love Drew Holiday. I think he is going to be a huge difference maker in this. Uh, that is, that that's a... Uh, it's like going from uh, Lee Ellis's bars uh, as Eric Bledsoe to the Goatmentator, Bo Estes as Drew Holiday. It's just a, it's a next level. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go with the Bucks in six. Let's hear from everybody. Your predictions in the stream team. Leave them in the YouTube comments below. Not just for the Milwaukee Miami series, but for all the Eastern Conference series, and uh, see if anybody out there can get them all correctly. Okay, before we go here, you know the Warriors hosting the Grizzlies for the second time in six days tomorrow night. Uh, on Friday night, Golden State won two of the three meetings, including a 113-101 victory at home last Sunday to wrap up the eighth seed. The winner of this game tomorrow night goes on to face uh, the top-seeded Utah Jazz. Just quick predictions here. We don't need to go along on this task. Get us started. You see the Warriors moving on and take on Utah, or can the Grizzlies do this? Uh, yeah, I think it was kind of good for the Warriors to have a, a little 20-turnover game. You know when Steph has those loose-handle games? I think he always bounces back. Uh, I think they'll be focused... Yeah, I, I think they win, and I don't know. These play-in tournament games aren't close. I probably think this one will be a bit of a a dud as okay, well. Okay, so Tess got the Warriors. TK? Yeah, I'm going to be on the Warriors as well. You know, the no team has more experience in play-in games, however, than the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> oh, wow. They got their first play-in win uh, already this week. Can they make it number two? Another big beef for Jonas Valanciunas. There's a matchup to watch for you. Valanciunas versus Looney. Banging down low. Valanciunas was awesome um, against the, the Spurs. But ultimately, I think the Warriors, I'm not going to be, be picking against Steph Curry in a do-or-die game. What about Dylan Brooks locking up his what ass, Lily? Let's talk about it. Can the Grizzlies do <laughs> oh, this? Right. 
Well, you know, they had a uh, a prelim to this game on Sunday in uh, Oakland. Actually played the Warriors pretty well. Mm-hmm. In fact, when Dylan Brooks fouled out, which he always does, they even took a lead. Played, run some nice pick and roll there. Jonas and Jarmorant scored well, but then they basically didn't score for the rest of the game and Steph routed off a ton of points. But what the uh, Warriors did early to Jarmorant in that game was say, you want to shoot three, shoot them all you want. And he went one for six. And uh, I think they're going to employ basically the same strategy. They'll yeah. say, if you can if you can beat us, Jarmorant, and hit six or seven threes, then well done to you, good on you. But obviously, I think if he starts getting hot, then they will lock up on him. But uh, Ja Morant was not happy after uh, his performance. Um, oh, gee, when was it? The other night, I guess. And he, he's got to be better. <laughs> That's a good uh, guess. You know, okay. yeah, <laughs> when, when was it? Guess. It was, it was <laughs> another day. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, he look, he, you know, I, I think Ja Morant has shown that uh, he understands at least he doesn't, he doesn't get caught up in himself in the moment where he thinks, I have to score 40 points. He has to play well. And he has to try to get his teammates involved because when he is moving that ball around and getting other guys looks, I think that's when the Grizzlies are at their best. Valanciunas, he could be a handful for Draymond Green. He's been a handful this season. He's a big guy. Um, so I think the I think the uh, Grizzlies have a chance in this game, but ultimately I think the uh, Warriors pull it off at home. It's hard to see Steph Curry going out to the uh, Memphis Grizzlies, so I think the Warriors win it. But I think it's I think it's a you know five or six point game. It's gonna be a very close game. I'm with you on all that. JV, I don't think John Morant's gonna shoot that poorly again if they do try the same strategy. Uh, I think he'll splash a couple more in or be a little more aggressive, even attacking that space. Dylan Brooks did play Curry really really well uh, until he fouled out. Um, he also just had an amazing game in the play-in game too uh, on both ends. I think it'll be close, but I'll take the Warriors to ultimately move on in a a tight game. And we will be back tomorrow night as soon as that game wraps up. Or if it's a 30-point blowout at the end of the third quarter, you know, we'll jump on a little early here. But we'll do our Western Conference Playoff Preview and Predictions podcast. Before we go, though, let's end with a little tweet of the night. Mmm. Tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. of the night baby a tweet of the night from the night at night couldn't bypass it i love it skeets i was a little nervous you were just gonna bypass it and we weren't gonna get to see this beautiful tweet from rust bankson who tweeted about mike fratello working the game tonight rust tweets the czar of the telestrator has been around so long how long <laughs> younger nba fans <laughs> don't know what a czar or a telestrator is oh that's pretty good oh! All right, time for a quick little game of trivia for you. Which came first? The czar or the telestrator? (laughs) Say the czar. (laughs) No, okay. Okay, I mean specifically. Mike Fratello? Mike Fratello becoming a coach in the NBA. Uh, I thought you actually meant the title of czar. Oh, becoming a coach. (laughs) Yeah, the title of czar predates Fratello and the telestrator. So Zara was what late seventies or early? 80s? Okay, okay. Yeah, okay, when did the okay. telestrator come around? Uh, That's the question. I uh, probably earlier. Really? You think so? Uh, I'm going the czar. Some. F- uh, huh. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. go czar. Lee, you got it. Oh wow! Physicist uh, Leonard Rifle <laughs> invented wow. the telestrator in the late 1950s for illustrations on a series of science shows. Mike Fratello first coached as a head coach in the NBA in 1980. So hmm. the title of czar, then the telestrator, then Mike Fratello made it to the NBA. Gotcha, gotcha. Then he became the czar of the telestrator. 
that yep. we know and celebrate yeah. today. Yep. I will say, I will say, celebrating today. It's 30 years since Mike, uh, Mike and Marv were on the call for the NBA Finals when uh, it was a great Finals. He had the spectacular move, and um, I think that was also the was that the play. It was where uh, Mike Fratello. I remember this so clearly. He said, "The tongue is out. You know something bad is about to happen to the Lakers. It's Michael Jordan inside for the deuce." It was great. <laughs> 30 years later. Yeah, I'm a fan of the Zarm. I love the Zarm, man. The tongue is out. I love seeing him at NBA TV walking around the studios looking for an ironing board. <laughs> keeps it guy keeps a crisp shirt. He likes to do it himself. That's what you got to respect. He's not looking for somebody to iron a shirt. He wants to do it, and he needs an iron, and he needs an ironing board to do it. Um, sorry, you were going to jump in there, Tess. Well, maybe we figured out why the Telestrator didn't work when we had the Tsar on the show. He was trying to use yeah. the Telestrator. Maybe it was from 1950, what did you say, Trent? <laughs> well, late a, 50s. They don't even know. Maybe it was a 60-year-old Telestrator that we were trying to use but didn't come Yeah, through. here's uh, Alex Horton in the uh, stream team here. <laughs> WTF is a Telestrator. <laughs> How old are you, Alex? <laughs> show your age in the stream. All right, great tweet of the night there from russ okay that's it for us wow this went longer than i thought but they always do when we break down the series and make our predictions and start talking about the weird and wacky things that we do like never mind we talked about a lot of stuff here on late night show but we'll be back tomorrow night so same schedule guys uh at the end of the grizzlies warriors game we'll jump on here to talk about the four Western Conference playoff series. Once they're, of course, uh, officially locked in and make our predictions, we'll have a blast. It'll be a Friday night. We'll even be more zanier than we were tonight. So we will see you then. Make sure you subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Go grab your No Dunks merch at nodunks.com. All that good stuff. We'll see you tomorrow night. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Yes, thanks for joining us. And please join us for a late night Friday show where it's guaranteed we'll be a little... Insane in the membrane. <laughs> Insane in the vein. Embrace your pillow, people. <laughs>